The following pre-recorded program is brought to you by Wrestling with the Inner Man. Welcome to Wrestling with the Inner Man, because the first fight we face each and every day is a fight with our flesh. Do we listen to our selfish, sinful nature or to divine nature guided by the Holy Spirit? Your host, David Savage, is a product of the West Texas desert and energy industry who recently received the biggest promotion of his life, reporting directly to the top boss, God. Most people refer to this as retirement today. Co-host, pastor and evangelist Aaron David Thomas is a bivocational pastor and a marketing manager hewn from the tough streets of Philadelphia. We hope you're ready to rumble because wrestling with the inner man begins now. Good afternoon, listeners. There's the bell. We are winding down 2021, now in our final month of December. Aaron, last week we talked about the stress that we can all feel sometimes when we gather as families around the holidays. But what else do you think our audience wrestles with at this time of year? Man, everything. That's all I can say. <laughs> Good evening, WWM listeners, and welcome back. We hope that uh, your last week was blessed. Hey, Dave, it's, man, it's always good to see you. Yes, sir. You, you know, I look forward to our time together. Mm-hmm. Um, Me too. But, uh, you know, I think we wrestle with a lot of things and, and are looking for restoration in our lives and our, in, in our relationships mm-hmm. and our conduct. You know, it's kind of like our sponsor, ERS. Electronic Restoration Services, they help navigate your electronic restoration needs. And they've been holding us down uh, all year, you know, helping us restore our listeners to a right relationship according to the Word of God. So, man, um, I always defer to you and what you're going to bring us to next. And it's always a good topic. It's always a battlefield going on. So uh, what you got, man? Well, you know, I was praying. I had a whole direction you know that you and I talked about maybe right. maybe we do a, a series here at the end of the year on the fruit of the spirit but I prayed about it and God gave me something else and that what he does all yeah, the time yeah so I'm hoping uh, this 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 works but you know so the mission of our show is to illustrate how the Bible's wisdom 2000 plus year old wisdom is still applicable even in today's modern culture so there's this hugely popular new show out called Yellowstone Starring Kevin Cosner, who's also the executive producer. Season four just released on Paramount. You know, just incredible success of the show. And they have already created a prequel called 1883, which will star the country singer, superstar, husband, and wife team of Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. I'm a fan. So everyone is talking about this show, right? Okay. The question I want us all to consider is this. What makes this show resonate with such a large audience today. Now, I submit to you and our listeners that this show touches a chord in the deepest part of people about the significance of your dad in your life, whether he was in it or not, or whether he was a good dad or a bad one. The truth is, for all of us, dad is destiny. Uh Uh-oh. And I'd like to ask our listeners, too, you know, so if you uh, think I'm right or wrong or want to talk about this some more, Email us at wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. I want to hear what you think. So I'll stop there, Aaron. And, you know, do you agree with my thesis? Mm. Dad is that's the way. You know, I've always <laughs> had, I've always had issue with the dad thing. Um, and uh, until I came to know God, my father. But um, first I want to say something. 
you know, because we've been referencing some shows mm-hmm. on, on our uh, podcast, on the radio. And listen, folks, we find and pull shows and stuff that are in culture that are impacting just as this show is. You mm-hmm. know, we don't just pick a show all willy-nilly. We use Game of Thrones. We're not advocating you watch or don't watch. Remember, we come from a pr- Christian perspective, and the Holy Spirit is your ultimate guide, not not Dave and Aaron. Correct. <laughs> don't blame us and say, oh, they said. No, we're using it because of the impact it's had on our culture. And this show, man, like you said, Dad is Destiny. This is truly a show about the patriarchal uh, power of a father and his impact on, on children. You know, I was reading a, a, a article in um, the February 27 issue of U.S. News and World Report, and they concluded, uh, Dad is Destiny, more than any other factor, a father's presence in the family will determine a child's success and happiness. The ar- the article also noted that nearly two out of every five children in America don't live with their fathers and the impact that dad has on their destiny, present or absent, messes with me because I know the road that I took. I know the impact that it had personally. So I can agree uh, to the point that dad is destiny all the way up to the point to me coming to know God as my father and helping me have a father that shaped my destiny to where it's at now. You know, whether your father is or was present or absent, abusive or passive, good or not so good, you owe it to yourself to understand yourself better, to understand what you got or missed from your dad because it has impacted where you are and for some where you're headed, right? That's, That's the crazy thing. You know, like I said, as 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 you know, I never knew my dad, uh, and the man that I called dad, well, <laughs> without reliving it all, uh, was not always the best example of fatherhood, a biblical fatherhood. And uh, so, you know, I, I was messed up. You know, I always get mad at you when you pick these <laughs> subjects to make me dig into my emotional well. But I'm glad because we get to talk about something that's really messing with our society and men today. Oh, man, I think you uh, captured that so well, brother, because I have two stepsons and their dad was not the best example. And it, and it just had such an impact on them. And I didn't see what happened, but I see that they don't have, uh, you know, that confidence and the belief in themselves and things. And, you know, especially when you have a like a $20 reaction to a 10 cent problem, it's something you need to go take a look at in yourself. And I think yeah. that's the, the real the real. You know, nugget and what you just said is like you got to understand yourself and, and and take a look at this stuff as an adult so that you can process it right. and, 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 ex- then move and accept you know that this does have a bearing on your life right. Right. you know not deny it like i try to deny it most of my life i don't need that i don't care right. right man don't i lied to myself right until i ran smack dab in front of the truth right <laughs> right well this show, Yellowstone, it's a modern story, which takes place in Montana near the National Park with the same name. Uh, but it's also the name of the huge ranch owned by John Dutton. It's the character played by Kevin Costner. Now, he is the family patriarch trying to protect and keep the ranch together to leave to his children and grandchildren. Now, he is a hard and violent man in this drama. But there are scenes of great tenderness, you know, with his grandson, Tate, which make him more endearing to us. And and I, it right. makes it really like he's a real guy, you know, but he loves, but he also is kind of cruel. But uh, so John Dutton has four adult children, three boys and one daughter. Same as me, by the way. Okay. Uh, 
The oldest son is killed in the first season, so we hardly know him. Sorry, spoiler alert there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just throw it for folks. Uh, but uh, as the show unfolds, we learn more about what has shaped the lives and personalities of his remaining children. Jamie, the oldest son, Beth, and Casey, the youngest son. And clearly, their father is the largest influence in each of their lives in very different ways. So Jamie, the oldest living son, is exclusively driven by the desire for his father's approval. Know anybody like that? Yeah, come on. His life is mapped out for him by his father from an early age, sent off to the best schools so he can become the Harvard lawyer that the family and the ranch will need. He never questioned his father's plans for his life and has been dutifully obedient in every capacity, forsaking his own dreams or interests, but never truly receiving the approval he so desperately craves. Now, Aaron, is this sounding like the older son in the story of the prodigal son to you? <laughs> well, yeah, it definitely resonates uh, uh, with me in that area. However, you know, first I want to say something about uh, John Dutton. You know, the thing that you said is he has these moments, right? He's a man, a father, trying to be the best father he knows how. Yes. And so I want to always interject this. You can only be um, so good of a father until you meet the father who art in heaven. And then you truly know with sacrificial love. And I'm not knocking dads, but I'm hard on dads. <laughs> right? Human. But, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you picked a good one in the show and, and the representation of the patriarchal system. And what it is for a dad to step up and do the best he can, because that's what this man does. And like you said, we don't really get to know what the oldest son is like. So we have Jamie, who, who now is the oldest son, the second son syndrome. Right. Um, but, yeah, like the like the prodigal son that was in the house. You know, when you hear the story of the prodigal son, you think of the one that just left. There was a prodigal son that lived right in the house and stayed there and didn't know his own worth and his own value. He didn't know what he had. And that's Jamie's story, right? right. Yep, it and, sure is. And the sad part is, the sad part was that he didn't know his father well enough to know what pleased him or, or what he had with him, right? right? He kept trying to do more and more, and the dad kept telling him, man— you, you, you're not getting it. Like all throughout the show, you see this this relationship where Jamie's trying to please him. And, and, and he's like, there's one thing. Just be my son. Right. Be about your family. And I don't, I don't want to tell you the show because I right. actually think it's a pretty uh, decent show. There is some language and some scenes, you know, so don't watch this with your kids. Right. Um, make sure that you're mature when you watch it. But, yeah, Dave um, – uh, Jamie is the epitome of a son that doesn't know his worth or value because he lacks understanding of the father he so desperately wants to please. You know, and that's the same in the prodigal story. Um, Jamie misses this all the while trying to please him. How much so do we miss that relationship trying to please a father who loves us for who we are, right? And continually, I, I think about God and the way he must love me because I was unlovable. And he kept trying to show me as I ran into wall after wall after wall, he would pick me up. And this was before I I invited him into my life, before I accepted him. He accepted me. You know, people go, well, how, how is that possible? But the Bible says, while we were yet in sin, Jesus climbed up on a cross, right? right. That if we receive and believe that uh, we become children of God. Now, everybody ain't a child of God. Let me get that out there. Everyone is created in the image of God. But only those that choose to receive and believe as Christ can become children of God. But once you do, boy, that father, that father knows how to love, love you and how to treat you. 
right? Right. But, but anyway, back to uh, what we're talking about, because, you know, I'll go on a Bible tangent quick and in a hurry. Go ahead, Dave. No, so so next, you know, in the family, we have the daughter, Beth. And this is quite a character. You know, she's a complex character as well. Brilliant and cunning. She cannot escape the torment of her childhood where her fear led to an accident that resulted in her mother's death. And so she's decided to never be afraid of anything again. You know, she cannot forgive herself and has been a destructive force to herself and others throughout her life as a result. She has an undying devotion to her father to somehow make up for the terrible loss she feels she caused in his life. And John Dutton, the flawed man that he is, has not ever made it her feel truly uh, forgiven. At least that's how I perceive it, you know, in the show, uh, it seems. So how many people, you know, do we all know who have become so self-destructive and or make a career out of destroying others because of the old saying, misery loves company. Man, has there ever been a truer saying? (laughs) Hurt people hurt people. That's right. So the need for forgiveness is all-consuming, especially when it is ourselves that we cannot forgive. Aaron, you know, isn't our prison system full of such people? And and does this sound like Judas or any other uh, Bible character come to mind? Well, you know, it's funny. Um, I I was thinking about that question, and I— it all comes down to the struggle that we have uh, not knowing who our father is in heaven, not knowing how to please him, not knowing how to accept his forgiveness. And, and yeah, you know, um, unfortunately, because of bad choices, I, I, I was in and out of our prison system years and years ago and experienced the, the brokenness of men. You know, and that's where God started to transform my life um, some 20 years ago. But I got to experience the brokenness of men and, and, and my own and, and, and this this not understanding, this not accepting uh, um, uh, the Father's forgiveness. You know, Beth, the woman you're talking about, is quite a character. She's everything that you describe, but I also believe she's the son John Dutton never had, buddy. (laughs) Eager to please because she's got a pair. She she wants she's eager because she wants to atone for the wrongs, understands and knows she knows her dad to the point, uh, like you said, she can't forgive herself because she knows he will never love another woman like he loved their mother. And she was um, a part of what happened that killed her mom, right? But the one thing I think she misses and that we all miss, you know, is the love of uh, the forgiveness of the father. Right. He doesn't know how to communicate it, but he's moved past it. Does it hurt? The one thing we we never deal with when it comes to forgiveness or understanding is like, yeah, we hurt somebody. And sometimes there are things that remind them of the hurt, but through their daily activity and life, they show you that they've forgiven. They haven't forgot. We don't have that ability. Like God says, you know, he blots it out. He puts it away. And we do the best that we can. And years show that. However, because we can accept the forgiveness given to us, we continually think we're not forgiven and we continually act in a manner to please a person that's trying to or has moved on. But we haven't. We're the ones that stuck. And I, I think that's where Beth was. She's, she's stuck in not forgiving herself. And, and the sad, sad part of that, that's mankind, especially men, right? We've been forgiven by God the Father, but we, don't, we feel so unworthy of the forgiveness. We don't know how to accept it. And the sad tragedy of that is fathers not being able to communicate and teach that to their children. Right. Right. Because you got to learn that from God. I believe that there are a lot of misguided fatherless men and women, not only in our, in our jails, but in our communities and societies, um, you know, back to your thesis, you know, the lack of a father, 
is is destiny right. or the presence of a father is destiny. I believe uh, this impact is huge. You know, in biblical times, uh, uh, the Bible always had good foundational fathers to observe from. You know, that's the one thing you had there is they were proud of their dads, where they came from, uh, their lineage. But we miss that uh, today because, like we said, the family is 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 destroyed, is broken up. And that was Satan's plan from the beginning. Right. That 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 to get in there and try to rip us apart. So I'm going to lead you right into your next. Okay. Well, so <laughs> so the youngest son on Yellowstone. Back to back to the show. Casey is the personification of the prodigal son. He rebelled against his father and did something to shame the family, which caused his own father, John Dunn, to brand him literally. And still, he returns home like the prodigal in the story of the Bible and remains the favorite son largely because he is so much like his own father, finding the pull of ranch life inescapable and their love for the ranch and the ranch life. Uh, The relationships of the children with their father shape everything about the main characters. But there are other characters in this show who represent the least, the lost, the last. And these are the wranglers who live in the bunkhouse and work the ranch. And this could also be a key to why this show is so popular. A lot of people could identify with those folks because they even go pick some of them up, you know, from prison, you know, to come work on the ranch. But the the ranch foreman, Rip, is the most notable. And everybody, Rip is a favorite character. Uh, He's a favorite character of my wife. You know, she thinks he's super sexy. I like him because he's just a super badass. (laughs) And uh, and he's like, hey, this is it, man. Uh, His story... uh, and it's graphically portrayed in the show, folks. So you gotta, you know, like I said, be be mindful of what you're willing to watch. But you know, after being Prayed up, beaten senseless as a young teen, and waking to find his little brother dead and his dad stabbing his mother to death, he kills his own father with a heavy cast iron skillet and flees the scene. Very disturbing scene. And he's just, you know, he's just a boy. And then he is found in one of the outbuildings on the Yellowstone Ranch where he was just seeking shelter and is taken in by John Dutton, kind of adopted in. He becomes the ranch foreman, enforcer of all discipline on the ranch, and generally, like I said, a super badass. He is loyal to John Dutton to a fault and will do anything he asks and anything. And he also becomes the lover of Beth, uh, John's wayward daughter. So, and perhaps I, I, I felt the, the, the most tender scene in the entire series to date, John Dutton thinks he's going to die. And he, he doesn't, so I, I won't. <laughs> but he revises his will to give Rip the original homestead on the ranch. I mean, that's really significant, folks. And he refers to him in the letter as his son. And, and this brings a tear to the toughest character on the show as he softly asks Beth, to read that sentence to him again. It's a real emotional it scene. It really is. Really, really strong, is. powerful. And uh and he's not so much about like, oh yeah, you get the you get the homestead. It's like he read it. He he called me son. He called me his son. I belong. Yes. So Aaron, to me, this is obviously modeled on Jesus Christ adopting us, unworthy as we all are, into his divine family, like you were saying earlier about being a child of God. Isn't it the most special gift that any of us can receive at Christmas? Absolutely, man. I'm going to go and touch base on everything that you said real quick. Um, Casey coming back, this this son coming back who um, is a lot like the father. He he shows this resilience and and this stubbornness. He, 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 like you said, he broke wild. And for that, he was marked. Right. Right. There was that mark that I I call it that sin mark. 
mm-hmm. that's covered by the love of the Father, right? Even though the Father marked him and identified him as a sinner, right? Right. Me and you are identified right. as sinners, saved by grace through faith in Christ alone because of the mercy and the love of God. And then we're covered. He covers our sin, Mark, with the blood of Jesus. And so that, that that's Casey and Rip. Uh, like you said, the lost, the ones that didn't belong in the family that he went out and got. Now, you got to remember something. It's a worldly father doing worldly <laughs> things. And Rip does some things that God, our father in heaven, would never ask us to do unless it would bring glory to him. However, the symbolism that David uh, speaking of, of engrafting us into the family, making us a part of his own. Rip is that character and clearly one who accepts the example of one who comes to love and be dedicated because of the love and mercy shown to him. Right. He, he he never knew that before. He never saw anyone love him like that. And then that's God in our lives, right? right. God loves us first in a way that is crazy for me. Like I, he, he forgives me. I go, man, I can't forgive me. But because you have forgiven me, I learned acceptance. To, I accept that forgiveness, Lord. I know I'm not worthy of it, right? I, I know every day I battle in my mind We're sin, wrestling. Yeah. sin, wrestling every every day uh, with sin and everything. You know, the most beautiful thing about God is that he accepts us as we are and allows his love for us to transform us into loving examples of him, Rip and John Dutton, men that sacrifice for others and put others before themselves. John Dutton, right? Sacrifice for them. The Bible teaches us that while we are yet in sin, God sent Jesus to a cross to die for us, forgiving uh, forgiving us, and we become sons and daughters. Our Father in heaven sits high and looks low and is mindful, David, of each one of us, wishing that no one should perish, that he's trying to engraft all of us uh, into the family with that love. The beauty of this gift of family and a heavenly father Heavenly Father is available to everyone. And that and, and that's the thing that we want to put out here is, is that God loves you. He sent Jesus to die for you so that you to guide you and lead you to him and to become part of his family. You know, he, he's a far better father than John Dutton. And the Bible says that if you know how to be a good dad, how much more so does our father in heaven? Right, right. Well, so Yellowstone is a fascinating show and it pulls us all in with the raw and flawed characters who struggle with their family relationships yet fiercely fight all comers who try to take the ranch and way of life that their father and patriarch is trying to preserve for them Uh, you know people in the police business know when you get called out to domestic disturbance you know you're going there you know to help people who are attacking one another and then when he shows up then they they, they join forces and turn against the the police right so you know whether uh, you know th- this show is all about the dads. You know it's just good and bad. And I wanted to uh, kind of end the show with this poem that I ran across called "The Sculptor," uh, and it, it seems to capture the significance of fathers. So I'll just read it real quickly. I took a piece of plastic clay and idly fashioned it one day. As my fingers pressed it, still it bent and yielded to my will. I came again when days were past. The bit of clay was hard at last. The form I gave it, still it bore, but I could change that form no more. Then I took a piece of living clay and gently formed it day by day and molded with my power and art a young child's soft and yielding heart. I came again when years were gone. It was a man I looked upon. 
He's still that early impressed bore, and I could change it nevermore. So that's how we shape our sons. The WWM. We're wrestling <laughs> with the inner man. Come back and join us. Thank you. God bless you and keep you. We'll see you soon. Thank you for tuning in to Wrestling with the Inner Man. Contact us at wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. That's wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. AM 1070, The Answer, Wrestling with the Inner Man. Thanks for listening to Wrestling with the Inner Man with David Savage and Pastor Aaron Thomas. We believe the winners in this ring. Courageously follow God's word. Love and protect God's woman. Excel at God's work. Batters God's world and his children. For more information, reach out to David and Pastor Aaron at wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. That's wrestling with the inner man at gmail.com. Tune in next time as Wrestling with the Inner Man tackles more tough topics to train up a generation of better men.